Morning Thrive. My name is Marizal and I will be your online host for today. If this is your first time visiting us, please let us know. You can text me to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info and we will mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. We are delighted to have you here at Thrive. All kids love heroes. Let us teach our children that God, through His Son Jesus, is the ultimate hero. Jesus showed up and conquered sin and death. And those of us who recognize Him as Lord and Savior are saved. Ultimately, He will make everything right. Here at Thrive, we've prepared a fun and interactive children program for children ages 3 to 12. If you're a parent or have children at home, help them to realize that God is our ultimate hero. Simply visit mythrive.info and click Thrive Kids for all the kids' activities. There's also information to our weekly children's Zoom class happening every Sunday from 10.45 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. Now, I'm going to pass the time over to Pastor JB. Let's get ready for a powerful message today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church. My name is JB, one of the pastors here at Thrive, and it is so good to have you joining us. If you're joining us online, so good to have you here. If you're joining us on site, so good to have you here. Welcome to Thrive Church, everybody. And we especially want to extend the biggest welcome to those of you who are here for the very first time. If you are a first time guest here, you are what we call our VIP, and we especially want to welcome you. In fact, we've got a special gift to give to all of our first time guests, our VIP today. And if you want to go to mythrive.info, touch the button that says new to thrive. We would love to send straight to your door your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle. Just a little simple way to say thank you so much for taking a bit of your Sunday to be with us today. Let's give all of our VIPs a big hand, a big shout, and let's play together right now. Praise God. So good to have each and every one of you here. If you're here for the first time, awesome. If you've been here before, so good to have you here as well. In fact, we've got a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, would you go ahead and welcome another church today in your chat rooms online? Would you welcome another? Maybe you've got someone sitting beside you, watching the service with you. Would you give them a high five, a handshake, a warm hug, whatever is appropriate here on site. If you're watching, then I encourage you to come to up to people you haven't said hi to yet today. Give them an air high five or an elbow bump, whatever is appropriate. And let's welcome another to the house of God today. You guys are an amazing church, and it's always so great to spend time with you. And before we get into the message today, just a couple things that I want to let you know about is that in uh, just a couple weeks, on September the 19th, September 19th, it's a, a Sunday. It is kickoff Sunday here at Thrive Church. And on kickoff Sunday, we unveil to you the new theme for this brand new year that we're starting together. And I can't wait to unveil that theme to you. You do not want to miss kickoff Sunday, Sunday, the September the 15th. Make sure you mark down your calendars. Make sure you bring your friends. We would love to see you there on kickoff Sunday, September the 19th. Tell your neighbor, tell, 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 tell your neighbor and say, I can't wait to kick off with you. 
Can't wait to kick off with you. We are so very excited. That is just a couple Sundays from now. Can't believe we're in September already. But hey, right now is also a very special Sunday for us here at the Bible Church. At the end of today's service, we're going to be doing something called communion. Communion is a chance for us to remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. And so if you want to do that with us at the end of the service, what we're going to do is we're going to do communion together and ask you to take a cup. And you know, we use grape juice here at Thrive to represent the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. Uh, you can use whatever you have at home. We also have, uh, you know, a, a piece of bread that we use to represent the body of Jesus uh, that we're also going to use for communion as well. Here on site, what we're using is these two-in-one cups. Uh, and so we look forward to using that together where you've got the, the bread on top and the juice on the bottom. And so we'll be looking, doing all that together at the end of today. Uh, and so get ready for that. If you're watching online, uh, we look forward to you joining us for communion at the end of today's service. Praise God. Well, did you guys bring your Bibles today? It's time to get that out right now. If you did, maybe yours is a paper Bible like mine. Maybe yours is a device that you found that they downloaded the Bible into. Either way is cool. We're going to do this as a fun way to get our hearts ready for the message. Why don't you hold up your Bible like so? Maybe you don't have a Bible. Point to the Bible somewhere near you. And just for fun, let's say this out together in faith. Let's say it together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So good to have you all here. By the way, if you are new to church, you're new to Jesus, new to the Bible, and you're just here to explore, maybe you're coming in from another faith background or no background at all, we are so thrilled that you're here. And we hope that you find that Thrive is a safe place for you, a place where you can be yourself, a place where you can find some community and some hope as you start a brand new week, a place where you can even ask them the questions that are on your mind. And if we can answer any questions that you may have or serve you in any kind of way, you can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca. We absolutely love hearing from you. And so please feel free to let us know. And today we are into the second last episode of a series we've been doing here at Thrive called Rise Up and Wise Up. Everyone say rise up and wise up. Rise up and wise up. We're talking about how to find hope and wisdom through the powerful book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. And we've had such an amazing time in this series together so far. If you've missed any episode of this series, then I encourage you to go to our Thrive Church Vancouver podcast, or you can go to our YouTube channel to catch up on whatever you've missed. We've had an amazing time talking about gaining wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. See, what we're learning is that wisdom is not just about book smarts or academic transcripts or your grades at school or being really learned in your particular field of expertise or your profession, your work, your studies, because that's not what wisdom is. Wisdom is about real life decision making. Wisdom is about how you manage conflict. It's about how you deal with tough emotions. It's about how you handle relationships. It's how you relate to people. It's how you plan for your future. It's how you make real life decisions. And I don't know about you, but for as long as I will live, I will always need more wisdom. Fact is, I've made way too many mistakes to know that I will never lose my need for wisdom, and maybe you're the same. If that's you and you could use more wisdom today, then I'm so glad that you are here. This series has been an amazing time for us to be together here at Thrive Church, and here's believing the best is yet to come. Today, we are so blessed to get one more round of Pastor Nick Osborne as he brings the message to us today. If you want to know what Solomon looked like back in the day, Solomon was, you know, the producer 
producer of Proverbs. If you want to know what Psalm looked back, looked, looked back from the day with his very wisdom reflected beard, uh, you know, guess what? Uh, Pastor Nick is your man. Uh, you know, Pastor Nick, not only is he uh, just uh, someone who's got the coolest beard around, uh, he also rides his own motorcycle. And I just always think that's so cool of him. I, I feel like when he's riding, his, when he's in his, in his, in his, in his, in his, in his, in his motorcycle gear and I'm sitting, standing beside him and taking selfies with him, man, I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, cooler already. It, it's just an amazing thing to have Pastor Nick here because the reason why Pastor Nick is one of the coolest pastors I know isn't just because of his beard, his legendary beard. It's not just because of his motorcycle, but far more than that, he's an amazing man of God. And he is a God, a, a, a guy who, who just, uh, you know, has this ability to communicate God's word in such a clear, insightful, powerful way. And so you are so, you're gonna be so blessed because you are here today. So here to bring us the next episode of Rise Up and Wise Up, would you please give a warm, thrive welcome to Pastor Nick Osborne. Give him a big hand, give God a big hand as well. Praise God. Thanks, Pastor JB. I, I always feel uplifted just coming here and being introduced by you. I, I don't know what it is. Like, why would I need to go see a therapist? I just need to see you and have you introduce me to a friend of yours, and I'm good. So thanks. Thank you for that. Uh, it is a pleasure to be here with Thrive Church again. Uh, I love the book of Proverbs. I love what the series uh, you're, you're going through. Wonderful. And so I wanted to start today by talking about a topic that we, we all relate to, but we actually really never talk about. And that is a topic of toothpaste. Have you noticed that you can be really good friends with someone, and yet you probably don't know what brand of toothpaste they use? At no point do our relationships go to this all-important level of asking the question, what kind of toothpaste do you use? So let's just take a moment here and you can uh, go to the next level of relationship with the person beside you and just tell them, what brand of toothpaste do you use at home? Go ahead, share that if you'd like to. When I was a kid, uh, one of the, this is going to sound really weird, but one of the treats my parents would do for us is they would buy us a particular brand of toothpaste called AIM, A-I-M. I don't know if it's even still around nowadays, but we loved it because it was like blue and sparkly and it tasted like bubble gum. And I just, I couldn't get enough of that stuff. And one of the lessons I learned as a kid um, was, you know, Maybe like me, you, you kind of played around with the toothpaste and squeezed a little more out than you needed to, or, or maybe like me, you squeezed a lot more out than you needed to, or maybe like me, you just emptied the whole tube of toothpaste because it was just such a fun thing to do. And uh, what I learned early on as a kid is when that toothpaste goes out, you cannot put it back in. You can only clean it up. So just hold on to that thought about toothpaste for a moment. Um, we're continuing on with this series on Proverbs, Rise Up and Wise Up. Uh, and you've journeyed through some, some great passages and some great themes in the book of Proverbs. And by now, like as Pastor JB said, I'm sure you've realized that Proverbs is a book about wisdom both how important and valuable wisdom is and how wisdom can be applied to various circumstances in our life. Like Proverbs teaches us how we can apply God's wisdom to our relationships, 
how we can apply God's wisdom to our finances, how we can apply God's wisdom to our work. And so today, what I want to do as we wind down this series is look at the topic of words. How do we apply wisdom to our words? Because Proverbs tells us how both the wise and the foolish handle their words. And that's important because go back to that tube of toothpaste for a moment. Once the words are out of our mouth, they cannot be put back. They can only be cleaned up. That's why we need to apply God's wisdom to our words. So we need to handle our words wisely, not foolishly. And the problem is that many of us still struggle with our words and with the use of our tongues. We are, we're often quick to lash out or to gossip or to lie, and we're often slow to praise and to encourage and to edify. But if we want to live by wisdom, if we want to be wise, godly people, we have to understand the truth of words and apply that truth to our lives. The importance of wise speech cannot be, in my opinion, cannot be overemphasized because all social relationships that you have depend on some form of communication. And too many times, relationships are ruined by words. Too many times we suffer or cause another person to suffer because of our foolish tongues. So we turn to the book of Proverbs. And by applying the wisdom of Proverbs to our lives, especially to our speech, saying the right thing at the right time, we will be on our way to a better, godlier, more fruitful life. And as I look at the book of Proverbs as a whole, I see that Proverbs tells us three important truths about our words. And the first thing Proverbs talks about with our words is it talks about the power of our words. The first important truth of Proverbs is the power of our words. Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has the power of life and death. Proverbs compares good, wise speech to both a tree of life in Proverbs 11.30 and a fountain of life in Proverbs 13.14. And so we're talking uh, more, more than just um, clinical life, clinical death here, we're talking about relational life and relational death. Relationships are the very essence of our life. According to Jesus, the entire teaching of the law hangs on two relationships. That's why he says, love the Lord your God. That's one relationship. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And that's the other relationship. The entire law hangs on those two relationships, our relationships with God and our relationships with one another. 
And the tongue, our words, has the power to give life by building up those relationships or to bring death by destroying those relationships. A deadly tongue, an unwise tongue, destroys community. It isolates its owner from other people, from community. And so it kills us, relationally speaking. A a life-giving tongue creates community, and it allows its owner the full enjoyment of the abundant life that community in Jesus brings. Now, that's saying a lot about our speech. But not only does our tongue have life and death power over us, it also wields great power over others. Beliefs and convictions are formed by words, and they affect eternal destinies. So yes, the the tongue has the power of life and death, but there's more about the power of words in Proverbs. It says in, in, uh, that the, the tongue has power to heal or destroy. Proverbs 16.24, pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. But Proverbs 10, 14 says, the mouth of a fool invites ruin. The tongue also has the power to reward or damage ourselves. Proverbs 12, 14, from the fruit of their lips, a person is filled with good things. Proverbs 18.7, a fool's mouth is his undoing, and their lips are a snare to their soul. Why is this? Why is the tongue so powerful? For one very simple reason, reason, because according to Proverbs, words penetrate. Right? You have that childhood saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And in reality, that's a lie. In fact, as a pastor who has counseled many people, and as my own experience has taught me, people recover better and faster from sticks and stones than they do from harsh words. And that's because, as one author says, what is done to you pales in comparison to what is done in you, right? Sticks and stones do something to us, but but harsh words do something in us. They are very powerful, that powerful. Proverbs 12, 18, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. A woman once said to uh, the great Methodist preacher, John Wesley, she said, my talent is to speak my mind. And Wesley replied, I am sure, sister, that God wouldn't object if you buried that talent. Reckless words don't have to mean harsh words. False flattery are also reckless words. And false flattery is as destructive 
as insults. Proverbs 26, 28, a flattering mouth works ruin. So flattery in this sense doesn't mean when we are authentic and saying, wow, I really appreciate this about you, or I really admire this about you, or even I like those shoes, right? If, if it's something that is true and authentic. False flattery is, is words we use that aren't true, but we use them to manipulate rather than to build up. Don't lie to praise someone. It is a destructive thing to do, especially to our own soul. And then one final reason uh, why the tongue is so powerful is that not only do words penetrate, but they also spread. One thing I heard uh, a person say once is, gossip is faster than a speeding bullet. But Proverbs warns us that gossip is a double-edged sword. So, on the one hand, Proverbs calls those who spread gossip and falsehood, Proverbs calls them evil and wicked. On the other hand, those of us who listen to gossip and falsehood, even if we don't spread it, but we just listen to it, Proverbs calls us evil and wicked. Proverbs 17.4, a wicked person listens to evil lips. So there's great power in our words. That's what Proverbs tells us. But Proverbs doesn't simply tell us about the power of words. Proverbs also tells us, number two, about the weakness of words. Right? Because words are no substitute for deeds. Words are not a substitute for actions. Proverbs 14, 23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. And so no matter what we say with our mouth, there comes a time when our actions have to back up our words. Even James says the same thing in his epistle. He says, it doesn't matter what we say about our faith. If our actions don't demonstrate our faith, then we really don't have faith at all, no matter what comes out of our mouth. So, for example, as followers of Jesus, we often or we might say that we love one another or we, we love the poor. But if our actions don't demonstrate that we love one another, if our actions don't demonstrate that we love the poor, then we really don't love them. Proverbs says that words alone are weak. We need actions behind them. So a question for us this morning, do our actions prove what we are saying with our mouths. For example, if someone were to follow you for one week with a video camera and film you for one week and then play the film back with no sound, what conclusions would a person make about our life, about our priorities? 
No matter what we say, our words will not alter facts. They are too weak to change the truth that is demonstrated by our actions. Your actions demonstrate the truth. So Proverbs tells us about the power of words, especially the destructive power of words, but also the healing power of words. Proverbs tells us about the weakness of words. One other thing that Proverbs tells us is about words at their best. So what does Proverbs say about the good use of words? Well, number one, Proverbs tells us that words at their best are honest. Proverbs 16, 13, kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value a person who speaks the truth. Proverbs 24, 26, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. So here we have this character stuff, this integrity stuff coming up. Words at their best are honest, no matter what that honesty costs us. But not only are words at their best honest, Proverbs also tells us that words at their best are few. Proverbs 17, 28, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. Proverbs 13, 3, he who guards his lips guards his life. And for those that speak too many words, Proverbs says in 10.19, when words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. And this doesn't just apply to our speech. It also applies to our prayers. Jesus teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount that when we pray, we should not babble on because our Father knows our needs, but Instead, we don't need to use many words. So words at their best are honest. Words at their best are few. Number three, words at their best are calm. Proverbs 17, 27. A person of knowledge uses words with restraint. And a person of understanding is even-tempered. So why is a calm word so important? Because a calm word brings peace, right? Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. And a calm word even has power. Proverbs 25.15, a gentle tongue can break a bone. So words at their best are honest, they are few, they are calm, and then lastly, they are apt. Proverbs 15, 23, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply or a fitting reply. How good is a timely word, right? A truth spoken at the wrong time can be quickly forgotten. But when the time is right and that truth is spoken, when there's that teachable moment, that same truth can be seared into our mind. 
Perhaps you can recall uh, something that a person told you that you will never forget. We say to people, I'll never forget the words that they told me, right? And that's because those words were apt. They were the right words at the right time. And had those words been spoken a day earlier or a day later, we may not have remembered them. So words at their best are honest, they are few, they are calm, and they are apt. Which brings us to our final question. How do I attain wise speech? How do we become wise with our words? Because controlling our tongue, it actually doesn't start with the willpower to control our tongue. Controlling our tongue doesn't start with willpower. It starts by looking at our heart. Spiritually speaking, the closest organ to our heart is our tongue. Because for whatever comes out here, our mouth, our tongue, is a window to what's going on here in our heart. And often, Proverbs will actually use the word heart and the word tongue as synonyms for each other. For example, Proverbs 10.20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. Their tongue and heart are synonyms. We all are probably familiar with Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. But the very next verse says, put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. So how do we guard our hearts according to Proverbs? Well, in this verse at least, the main way we guard our heart is by watching what comes out of our mouth. There is a link between our hearts and our tongues more than we care to realize. Even our Lord Jesus in Matthew 12, 34 says the same thing. He says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he also says in Matthew 15, 18, that the thing that comes out of the mouth come from the heart. And it is these that makes a person unclean. Our speech exposes our heart. James in his epistle says that just as salt water and fresh water cannot spring from the same source, our tongue will reflect our heart. But the point here is not to, it's not that we change our speech in order to change our heart. That would be like changing the veneer on a table, right? the core would still remain the same, even if we put fresh words or a fresh veneer over top. So the point is not to change our speech in order to change our heart. And in fact, the point also is not to change our heart because you and I cannot cleanse or change our own hearts. The point here is Proverbs wants us to know is to allow God to change our heart and then our tongue will reflect the change that has taken place. 
And so, in order to attain wise speech, if you, like me, want to be wise with your words, it starts with laying ourselves on the altar and inviting God to scour and clean our heart. And that is something that can be painful. It can be costly. And it's often not a lot of fun. But when we do that, when God takes hold of us, when we say, come and cleanse me, cleanse my heart, I see from my speech that my heart is not clean. I want you to cleanse my heart. When he, when, when he takes us up on that invitation, it allows us to be men and women of character and integrity and wisdom. It allows us to reflect the grace and the truth of Jesus. That's what Proverbs teaches us. You and I, we are the only ones who are around our tongues 100% of the time. So only we know for sure what comes out of our mouth. And sometimes, if you're like me, uh, it comes out of our heart and it comes into our mind and it almost comes out of our mouth. We want to say it, but we don't. So other than God, only you and I know our tongues best. So a question for you, what does your speech reveal about your heart and your mind? I mean, just, just look back over this past week and ask yourselves these questions. Have I spoken sharply or harshly? Have I spoken truthfully? Have I reflected the kindness of Jesus with my words? I am sure all of us would like to be more Christ-like in our thoughts and in our speech. But just like Pastor JB was saying uh, about the need for wisdom, if we think we've arrived, then we're deluded. In fact, Proverbs would call us a fool. I know I have not arrived to the pinnacle of wisdom. I know I have not arrived to the pinnacle of wisdom with my words. And it's that humility that puts me back on the altar and says, no, I need more help. I need more scouring. I need more character growth, God. You know your tongue best. You know your words best. What do your words tell you about your heart? I'm going to invite you into 30 seconds of silence with me. And during this time of silence, I invite you to put yourself under God's loving and truthful examination and ask him, like, ask him, what does my speech say about me? And what do you want to do in me to change my speech? So let's take a moment and pray. And then Pastor JB, you can come and close us off.
Thank you, Lord. I want to thank Pastor Nick Osborne for that message on the power of our words. One of the biggest themes in Proverbs, and so glad he was the one to bring that to us today. He's talking about how we use our words at their very best when our words are honest, when they are few, when they are calm, when they are apt, when they are wise, when they're fitting. But a lot of times, if you're like me, you'll find there's a whole bunch of times when maybe our words aren't like that, that our words are rather than calm, they're, you know, maybe quite uh, angry. Uh, When, you know, rather than being uh, wise, they're sometimes foolish words that we speak. Rather than timely words, sometimes we say the right thing at the wrong time. Uh, you know, it, it, sometimes you know we might struggle with dishonest words, or we just say too much, uh, too much more than we need to say. And if that's you, you might be wondering, well, what do I do with that? Because words penetrate. Words are you know uh, a, a thing that impacts us on the inside. Uh, and so, what do you do with that? Uh, if you've spoken words to hurt others. Uh, if you've spoken words that, uh, you know, that you regret, what, what do you do when it comes to you and God? You know, what, what, what happens there? Uh, the Bible says, you know, Jesus says that, you know, God will hold every person accountable for every careless word that they speak. And so what do you do? What do you do? If, if these are, if, if, you know, where words are many, sin is not absent. If, if that means that we're all in a situation where we've all sinned with our words, what, what do we do with that? What, what, what predicament are we in? Well, the fact is the Bible says because of our sin, especially when it comes to our words, we can't have anything to do with God who is holy, who's perfect, who's always perfect in the way he uses his words. The Bible says that because of our sin, the ways that we don't do things the way God does them, the way that we say to hell with God and what he thinks I'm going to do and say things my way, we're separated from God and we can't have anything to do with him, not now, not forever. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. In other words, because of our sin, the ways that we sin with our words, that we can't be with God, not now, not ever, no matter how good we try to be or how good we think we are. But the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of the Bible and the message that it brings is that when we had no way of reaching for God, God reached for us when he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for every sin, for every careless word that we ever said. God paid for it all at the cross where Jesus died so that you and I could be forgiven, so that you and I could have another chance at life, so that you and I can be reconciled with God and have a relationship with him. And so if you realize today that there is something about the way you've used your words that you regret, or ways that you've used your words that you know hurt someone else, or you know that you know, was not what God wanted to say, then I'm here to encourage you to know there is hope where Jesus is. And maybe you're here and you're new to church, you're new to you know Jesus, you're new to the Bible, you're kind of like, what do I do with all of this? Can I recommend one next step you can take today? Ask Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins. Jesus says to one of his disciples once, he said, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. In other words, we can say all, bun- all, all, all form of crazy stuff sometimes, but it is the word of God that cleanses us when we receive it. And you know who the word of God is? His name is Jesus. And I want to encourage you, if you need God's forgiveness, that you can pray a prayer with us today to ask God to forgive your sins. And the great promise from God's word is that if we will confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and bring us back to him. And so if that's you, you realize that you need God's forgiveness. I couldn't think of a better way to begin a brand new month, a brand new year, a brand new season than to come clean with God and to begin brand new 
continue with him and have a fresh start with him. And so if that's you, I encourage you to do this with me. We're gonna pray a prayer to ask Jesus to forgive us for our sins. I'm gonna encourage you to click the link that's in your chat room. Those of you who are watching online, there's also a QR code that you can scan using your phone. And when you click that, that link, when you scan that QR code, it's gonna take you to a page with a, a very simple prayer on it because our words matter, but even more, our heart matters too when we pray. I'm gonna encourage you to pray this prayer as a simple way to express our need for God today and his forgiveness. And I'm gonna you know, pray this with you so you're not doing this alone. This is just our way of coming to God together and asking God for his forgiveness today. And so if you need God's forgiveness for words you've spoken in the past, you want God's peace and you want to ask Jesus to forgive you, then why don't you click that link, scan that code, and you can pray this prayer with us right now and so that you know that you're not doing this alone. Let's all pray this out loud together with those who are praying for the first time. You can say, dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you, please forgive me of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. Can you give God a big hand together right now? Praise God. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer from your heart, then guess what? The Bible says you are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You're a citizen of heaven. You have a relationship with God, not based on what you've done, but based on what Jesus Christ has done for you. And so big congratulations to all of you who prayed that prayer, especially for those of you who prayed it for the very first time. We've got some gifts we want to give you to congratulate you. In fact, at the end of that page where you prayed that prayer, there's a link that'll connect you to some gifts we want to give to you. And we'd love to encourage you and hear about this awesome decision you made to pray that prayer today. On top of that, you're wondering, what do I do now? I encourage you to keep coming back to church. Every baby needs a family to grow up in. We'd love to be your spiritual family. Not just that, we encourage you to get baptized. Baptism is not a graduation. It's a very simple next step you can take after receiving Jesus. It's simply you saying, I'm a sinner who's a savior, and I thank Jesus for being the one who died on the cross for me. If that's you, I encourage you to click the baptism button at mythrive.info for more information on baptism. We'd love to help you get baptized. Praise God. Well, hey, can we give God a big hand for a great morning together? Praise God. Right now, I'm going to hand the time to our band. They're going to lead you in a song. Let's give our very best to God because he gave his very best to us. At the end of that song, we're going to do something called communion. And the communion is a chance for us to remember what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. And so I encourage you, if you haven't already, to grab a piece of bread, grab some juice, or you know, even some water is okay to represent the body and the blood that Jesus shed and sacrificed for us. And we're going to take communion together. If you prayed that prayer just now to receive Jesus Christ into your life, then you can pray and you can, you can take this communion time with us as well. We encourage you to do so. And I'll lead you in prayer after that. But let's give the time to the band. Let's sing this song. Let's give our very best to God. And let's get ready to have communion together as well.
spirit alone I hear your invitation to let it all go and I see No reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father again and again and again and again Oh, oh, oh. You saw my condition Redemption, the price for my heart. And I don't have a context for that kind of love. I don't understand, I can't comprehend. I know that I need you. I run to the Father. My soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again and again. I run to the Father, I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again.
My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father again and again I run to the Father I fall in grace I'm done with the hiding No reason to wait My heart needs searching My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father again and again and again and again Give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Well, right now is our chance to do communion together, remembering what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. Those of you who are on site with us today, of course, you have probably received your own uh, two-in-one communion element. It's got the bread on top. It's got the juice underneath. Those of you who uh, have that and you're ready to take communion, maybe those of you who are watching online and you have a piece of bread and a, pea- and a cup there as well, encourage you to uh, take communion with us together right now. I'm just going to do this together uh, with you. I'm going to take the bread here. I'm going to also take this cup open that and uh, we're going to do this together. We're going to say on the night that Jesus was betrayed Jesus took the bread, he broke it and said this is my body which is broken for you. Do this remembrance of me. And the same way after supper he took a cup he said this cup represents my blood which is poured out for the forgiveness of people's sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. And so if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your savior and you want to take communion with us right now I encourage you to do so. What we can do is take that bread, dip it into the cup And let's just remember what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that whereas we sin in all sorts of ways, with our words, with our actions, with our thoughts, thank you so much that your love for us is not based on our performance, but it's based on who you are. Your word says that you are love, and we thank you so much that even on this day, that your love reaches to us and gives us hope for tomorrow, gives us a new start. And we thank you so much for the many people here who are watching online and watching on site, that together we can enter into a new start with you as we begin a new season together. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for rising again from the grave to show that we can fully trust in you. And would you help each and every one of us here with our words, that we would use our words to build up and not to tear down, to you know, speak life and not death in to the lives of people around us, to do things that are going to bring help and hope and healing to others rather than the opposite. Will you help each one of us when it comes to the way that we use our words, that through our words, other people can know you, that through our words, other people will be blessed, that through our words, our families would be encouraged, that through our words, we will be a blessing to the people around us. And so we thank you today. Thank you, God, for all of your love, your amazing grace. And since it's all about you, because it's not about us. We pray that you give every single person here the strength to live for you this coming week and this new month together. We pray all of your blessing, your hope, your promise, your protection, your presence, your peace, healing, strength, 
comfort, wisdom, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout? Let's put together one more time. Praise God. We've had an amazing time here at Thrive Church with you, as we always do. Thanks so much once again to Pastor Nick for the message today. Don't forget to sign up for small groups. Uh, you go to mythrive.info to do so. Uh, don't forget to give. Go to mythrive.info to do so as well. And we'll see you guys next week for the grand finale to our uh, series, Rise Up and Wise Up. You don't want to miss it. We love you. God loves you. Praise God. The best is yet to come. Have a great week, everybody. God is with you. Hi everyone, welcome to Thrive. We're so glad that you're here and I hope you've enjoyed your time with us today. Before we finish the service this morning, please let me spend a few minutes to go through some announcements with you and what's coming up here at Thrive. If this is your first time visiting us, we would love to connect with you. Please text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info. We want to give you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle to thank you for spending your precious time with us at Thrive today. If you are joining us online, we'll mail the water bottle straight to your mailing address. And if you're with us on site at Thrive Center, you can visit our welcome center outside the exit after the service. One of our greeters will welcome you with a big smile and give you your water bottle. We're so excited for those of you who prayed the prayer to receive Jesus today. We understand you might still have questions, so we want to send you a series of videos recorded by Pastor JB and Pastor Charlene that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. Other than the videos, we also have a beautiful Thrive mug and a Starbucks e-gift card just for you. So if you've received Jesus today, let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 or by visiting mythrive.info. We'll mail you the gift package if you're joining online or you can pick up your gift in person at the Welcome Center on your way out today. If you've received Jesus but not yet get baptized, we want to invite you to sign up for the next baptism. You can find out more about baptism by visiting mythrive.info and click Baptism. Here at Thrive, we plan our calendar year from September to August. And I'm excited to let you know that the kickoff Sunday for our brand new calendar year from 2021 to 2022 is happening on Sunday, September 19th at 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. So make sure you mark down your calendar and we can't wait to kick off this brand new year with you all on September 19th. Last but not least, we want to invite you to join us again next Sunday for the grand finale for the Rise Up and Wise Up message series. It's been an amazing two months that we get to learn from so many speakers about the wisdom from the book of Proverbs. In fact, it would be awesome and helpful if you can share with us how God has used this series to change your perspectives and to impact your life. There's a feedback form available online at mythrive.info and it would be awesome if you can spend a few minutes to share your thoughts and stories with us. We can't wait to hear from you. That is all for the announcements this week. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. If you prefer to give by cash or check, there's an offering box by the auditorium wall on your way out as well. Have a wonderful Sunday and I'll see you again next week online or on site. Stay blessed.